Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the market report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by the farm chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two. So let's start with Andrew Dewing for this week's market report. And don't forget, you can always check current market prices on the homepage of our website, dewinggrain.co.uk. Market report for week commencing 26th of February 2024. Okay, the worm has turned, or has it? Let's have a little look at this. The market has actually gone up in the last three days, which is incredibly exciting. And uh, a bit of a relief, really, is it doesn't go in one direction all the time. I think we'll we'll focus on old crop for a minute. Yeah, there's 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 no real weather issues going on at the moment, sort of underlying make anyone feel any different. So the story's still the same. The trend line is still not broken from you know, depending on how long the trend line you look at, but it's it's still in a downward trajectory, but it has had some recent activity in the last twenty four hours or forty eight hours which have definitely made a different feeling in sentiment. And yeah, so the, I think that the key was it was clear that a supermarket came in yesterday and bought against a number of their products of meat. They fixed prices, I guess, on biscuits and all sorts of other stuff. And and I, the reason I think it's a supermarket is the volume of, of consumers that came on, all wanting to buy significant tonnage. They, they, they're very risk averse as businesses nowadays. Gone are the days where the buyer for the mill will take a view and go long of it or short of it and be able to be competitive when um, you know the, the opposition hasn't taken the step at the right time or whatever. It's now very risk-averse business where if a, a major pig herd says, right, I'm going to fix 5,000 tonnes of feed, what's your price? They will do the deal there and then against all the commodities that are linked to it. So, yeah, so a big volume coming into a market that's continuously got sellers is, is going to clearly see a reaction to it. So we've seen the market rise probably at this moment. I mean, I've just looked at the future screen. It's Friday morning. It's just gone 10 o'clock. And the market is up £8 from the bottom, which is pretty, pretty steamy. It's quite exciting. But is it the moment when it's changed direction and it's only going to go up from now on? I'm afraid. I mean, I'm, the reason for this podcast is to have a view and to say out loud what I think is going to happen. I'm afraid I don't think it is. I think this is a, a blip or a, a moment on the downward slide. I don't think we've seen the bottom yet. So I think it's a bit of a selling opportunity if you need to move wheat in the near term before the spring work gets going. So, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing that struck me was, you know, back back in the olden days, there was there were phrases that people used. Uh, one of them was, um, never follow a shipper. What that meant was if a shipper came in to do something in the market, they had their own motivation related to something completely different to you. And if they were suddenly buying it one day and you said, oh, it must be going up because they're buying it and you bought it, next thing is the market would collapse. So, you know, never follow a shipper was just a, an adage where you have to have your own thoughts, don't just copy people. Is it now the modern world of 2024, never follow a supermarket or always follow a supermarket? If those guys come in, have they got enough intelligent uh, graduate types who've gone, all done all the sums and gone, right, this is the bottom, let's buy it? Are they right? Should we now, as, as traders, be saying, right, let's buy every short in and just go flat long because we think it's going up? Clearly, the supermarket that came in to do what they did, have come to the conclusion it's gone down enough. Thank you very much. We'll take advantage of this price. So... So maybe we can invent a new saying. While we're on the subject of sayings, another one that springs to mind is 
by Liverpool sell Manchester. I've mentioned this in, in previous years. It was, a, it was a reference to the dinners that occurred and the Liverpool dinner still exists, first week of February, and the Manchester dinner used to be about the first or second week of, of March. And invariably, if you bought at the start of February position, you know, let's say May wheat futures, by the time it got to the Manchester dinner in March, it was invariably trading at a higher level. Well, this year, if you'd followed that particular phrase, you'd have lost your shirt. I mean, it's 20, 25 quid drop, so, so that proves that one didn't work either. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. So, yeah, we've seen a market that's, that's turned, and we've got values which don't sound that exciting. You know, we're still way lower. We're still basically trading at the level we were um, eight days ago, and this was on a market that had dropped about 25 quid. So X Farm May Wheat, 155. It is still difficult to get homes locally to where you grow grain, and lots of the wheat that's going at the moment is going to go a very long way. That's, that, that's something that we as a business don't do, uh, because we believe that if there's a rejection or a problem, and you know, there's a piece of uh, got, or there is a dead bug, or there is a slightly high moisture or something, and it's an intolerable a mill that doesn't tolerate any form of uh, misbehaving or miscreant, then they will kick you out and it will cost you a fortune, 30 or £40 pounds a tonne at least. And I think that is a risk aspect that your buyer needs to put to you. Certainly the most competitive prices at the moment is seeing wheat move a very long way away. Fine if you're conscious of it, but let's just make sure you are conscious of it. So 155x May is our value and it'd be probably 158 for July. So somewhere between there is June and moving stuff spot is quite difficult. We've recently been taking a fair bit of wheat into store, as I mentioned in previous weeks, and that will be appearing on the May Futures as a lovely, nicely packaged ex-store uh, tender on the May position. And I think there'll be a reasonably big tender. I think a lot of our stuff will come back in again. But in saying that, it is now just about at the point where it is viable to move stuff from our Futures stores to various homes in the north or the west or, or wherever. So we've got a store that is closest to the west, which is in South Pickenham. I understand there's been haulage quotes of £20 a tonne up to Ensis, which most haulies would turn down. But if someone's coming down this way and they've got a backload, they can probably just about squeeze. Certainly they're getting squeezed on that price. But £20 a tonne to take stuff from here up to Teesside um, is, is pretty tight. But it's happening, so that we expect to see a number of tons begin to move from South Pickenham. From our other stores, it's another one or two or three or four or five pounds a ton, and it's a little less easy to do that. But interesting, it's it's following its usual form. We get to March, and the market begins to start to move stuff. Now, what will cure that? You know, all of the tonnage that'll end up in our store to be retended in May. The cure for that is Northern farmers selling their grain at the moment ah it's not enough for me lad i'm not selling it no <laughs> i want 290 all of that stuff's going on and they will have to sell some of it they can't carry all of it and i appreciate they've got no crop coming if we believe every bit of information we get but the reality is they are going to have to sell some at some point and when they come out to sell it the merchants will convert the stuff they were planning to pick up from south pickenham and they will buy it from the farmer in yorkshire or north lincolnshire or wherever the strongest i'm not selling it types live and uh, and that will get moved instead, and that's where the futures will end up sitting, and there'll be the little backlog at the end of the season, which I'm ex expecting. And again, I'm saying out loud, I think there will be a surplus in places that will be difficult to move and will have to move. But we'll wait for that cure when the market's gone up a little bit, shall we? 
So moving on to other commodities for old crop, fee barley, ouch, probably 132, 33 X farm, not much, not going to get much better than that, might go up to 135, might even hit 140 one day. There's a few boats about at the moment, and as usual, feed barley's feast or famine, there's either no buyers whatsoever or too many buyers and not any sellers, so anyone with barley left, seeing people bidding for it, inevitably now going to say, I'm not going to sell it, so it's a little game that uh, some people kind of enjoy, but any farmer can't have enjoyed this year's particular you know, result, if you like. Uh, milling wheat, still steaming away. Uh, oilseed rape, never grow again, come on. 325, roughly, is the value. Who cares? Who's going to sell it? Uh, no one. You might as well run it until the end now, because it's just boring and rubbish. New crop is 320 on rape, by the way, so there's not, you know, it's just, we've been through that. I've ranted about that in the past. Yeah, my view is, I think the market is having a rally today, tomorrow, uh, you know, Monday the 26th, being tomorrow. Um, I think that that will continue being slightly firm sideways until there's enough cover against these sales. And then I think, I'm afraid, I see the market drifting back down again. So, you know, um, you, you trading teams who, who need advice on a Monday morning from doing grain, so... You know, ADM, Viterra, all you guys, Frontier probably secretly listening. Um, yeah, I think the doing grain view is it's a blip. It's still not the change, the the mood swing, the difference. It's not now suddenly going to bounce. Uh, I love love it if I was wrong on that from from so many different levels, but I just I'm not ready to call that one. Okay, new crop. That's a slightly different thing. This is where some of the optimism should be creeping into pricing. The weather is not being right, is it? We are very, very wet. We had a phenomenal rain yesterday. The rivers are full, the fields are full, the roads are full, the ditches are full. Our yard is full of water. Everywhere you look, water, water, water. Whether the Environment Agency will let people pump stuff into their reservoirs is another story because they don't know what day it is, but that's an issue. Uh, Believe it or not, you know, really swollen rivers and you don't get authority from the EA to pump it because they're too stupid and too disorganised, this is the time to do it, and it would ease the problem of flooding in all sorts of places. But that's uh, that's another story. So, yeah, so new crop, too much water. Clearly, March is the first time anyone's going to get anywhere near a field now because it's saturated right now. It's going to take at least, even with longer days, uh, you know, uh, if it was going to be dry in between now and, and the end of next week... It would struggle to be workable. It is not going to be dry. There are also top-up rains on their way through. So more misery ahead on that one. And that is the one to watch. That is the optimism about prices. When it comes to malting barley, uh, you know, there's one all of a sudden there's a slight mood change on malting barley. New crop bids. There's been sellers, sellers, sellers. Nobody wants to buy it. Bids have been crazy low. All of a sudden there's buyers and little sellers are going, "Mm, no, I think I'll wait now. And that is the best advice I can give any farmer, anyone who's got stuff to sell. On the new crop, let's face it, you haven't planted it yet. The conditions are not right. And in three weeks' time, you might well be getting on with it, or you might not. There's been people putting, you're doing various bits of land work to try and get ahead in the last few days. They put fertiliser on ahead of some crops, and it's been absolutely leached out, saturated out by phenomenal rain. So right now, new crop... Although the futures may well drift back down to 180, they're currently about 183, 82, 83, I don't think they're going to go that much below. I think they possibly will drift back a bit more if the weather is kind, but my call on that one is I think you need to have a bit of patience uh, because there's a very 
the one good thing, the one thing really on your side is time. Uh, it's your friend now. Uh, you don't have to panic. You don't have to sell it down any further. And if you do, I don't think there's that much of a downside to it. That's my personal view. Slightly concerned, there's a lot of wheat going to be carried from one year to the next, which in itself will create a problem for the new crop. There will be enough wheat next year with people carrying it. So just beware of that. Don't just go, right, there wasn't any wheat. There's a 10.5 million tonne crop or whatever. There will be, the hole will be plugged by cheap imports and by the carry of old crops. So don't get too cocky about it. If the weather starts turning nice, then 180 will look like a good price on the futures. Okay, I think that's given you enough uh, confidence to see there's a slight mood change. Not enough yet to convince the old codge here, but I think, yeah, I think let's watch it carefully. Certainly if it drifts back down, everything's got to be going perfectly for that to be the case. And is it going to go back up to 200? Absolutely no hope in hell at the moment, but, you know, we've seen a market be 360, haven't we? So, hey, keep the faith. Right, with that, podcast walk is Thursday the 29th, 2pm, uh, the 29th, because they only come around once every four years, in Reefham. Um, I'm not sure of the route. I've looked on a map and think that looks just about right. So, goodness knows whether you need your wellies or not. And it is Sings Galloping Fruity. That is the what three words, the system that will save your life if ever you fall off a mountain and you need to call a, a helicopter. Uh, sings galloping fruity tap that into your what three words you'll see where we're parking which is basically reefham's old railway station and um 2 p.m 29th be there or be square and uh, it could just be me again but i suspect i might get the odd guest this time because people feel a bit sorry for the old old fella i must mention uh the talk this week is from it's between myself and richard cooksley who is a fellow trustee of the Corn Exchange Benevolent Society. Now, for those of you in senior management positions in this industry, the grain industry, this is not to do with farmers. You've got enough charity going on uh, with various things, and we always feel sorry for you. Um, The Corn Exchange Benevolent Society was set up in the 1800s, and it is basically there if any merchanting, maltings, miller, anyone in the grain industry can register any employee for the fee of £50, and it's a once-off payment, and that £50 gives any of the people on the list a safety net should they ever fall into hard times or become, you know, unable to earn and they can't pay their bills or, or stuff like that. It's a, There is a fund that is available to support people in need. It's a, charity, it's a charity, registered charity. And the point I'm making is, for the sake of £50 as a benefit, there are a number of people who appear on the list that the, the, the trustees have to look at and, and assess whether they need assistance. I think, you know, for that cost, it is a phenomenal, a phenomenally strong safety net. So please, the of, of the upper echelons of any trade, who probably will never fall on hard times, consider some of your colleagues, you know, the guys who work outside, the guys who do various jobs, driving lorries, running the Weybridge, who perhaps are not quite as organised as you are with your your bigger, fatter salary, give those guys a piece of support that one day, if you let them know they're on this list, they, if they fall into hard times, then they or their family or the, the, their dependents can call upon this thing and it can make a phenomenal difference. Anyway, so with that, I'm, I'm calling out to everybody, recheck. If you already are registered for a number of your employees in the past, 
we we recently redid it. We we did it signed up ten years ago, and all of a sudden we we, we reviewed our list. There was fourteen people not on the list, and we're only a diddy little company. We've changed over. You know, this is this is the grain stores that we work with and everything. So so please get out there and uh, you know, listen to Richard Cookley and myself talk about it. But it's a very very important and kind and responsible thing to do for your all of your employees that are working with you at the moment. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. We want to take a moment to thank all of you for listening and to ask you to help us grow our audience by leaving a rating and review telling us what you like about our podcast. On Apple Podcasts, you can easily do this by scrolling down our show page, selecting a star rating and tapping write a review. Okay, today's podcast is a conversation where we're trying to promote the Corn Exchange Benevolence Society. And I recently been appointed as a youngest member, believe it or not, of the trustees. But I've got with me the chairman, which is Mr. Richard Cooksley. So hello, Richard. Good afternoon to you. So how did you become chairman of such a prestigious group? I suppose I've been a trustee about 10 years and eventually somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, it's time you were chairman. <laughs> Do you have to take it in turns then? Because that's quite scary. Yes and no. I think you put your head above the parapet and say that you'll do it at some point. Okay, right. I've noted because I've only been on the job less than a year and uh, I'm thinking I've got a good 10 years before I have to be serious. But No, I'm not certain about that. <laughs> I think you might be sooner than that. <laughs> okay. As the youngest member, it is quite scary. Let's just say that. There is an element of we're going to get onto the details of what happens in this particular society in a minute, but it's a great honour to be asked, I will add. But, you know, we're looking at an industry that has shrunk enormously in our time. And I think we, what we're going to try and get to, well, our objective today is for the whole industry, this be it flour millers, molsters, grain traders, anyone in the corn industry who, not farmers, because they've got enough charities of their own, it's about having a safety net should ever someone fall into tough times. And so we're going to try and explain exactly how it works and more importantly, we're going to try and promote it to get more people to join or get the companies you work for to encourage you or to get you to be able to join us. That's what we're going at, yeah? I think that's a fair statement. One of the challenges we've got in the industry is actually finding people who are in trouble. We know they're in trouble, but where are they? Because we're an industry, all of us are proud. We're very proud. And to take charity, you think, oh, that's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, well, that is ultimately the key. Let's talk about that first. You know, you imagine high-flying traders aged 30 years old who are conquering the universe, 30, 40 years on, two divorces down the line, and they've managed to, you know, have whatever alcohol habit or whatever they've developed. All of a sudden, they're in a position where there's no money, and they're sitting there going, oh, what do I do? And the pride is enormous, but there's nowhere you know, that you've got to look for some way of sustaining above just the baseline that you get from the government. Or you get ill, or your family gets ill, and you can't earn money. None of us know what's round the corner, and somebody can be tremendously successful within their career. Something happens in their family life, or something happens to them, and suddenly... They're short of cash. They're not able to climb up the stairs like they used to be able to climb. Mm. Therefore, they need some form of stair lift or something. They haven't got the money to do it. That's where SEBS or Corn Exchange Benevolence Society comes in for many people. I've got to say that you know, I'm sure the trustees can all afford it, but that sounds like most of them couldn't get up the stairs to be. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Perhaps, perhaps that's the wrong analogy I've used there. But somebody gets into a position or, or health condition or, no, basically they've overextended themselves. Yeah. And they've lived a life, perhaps. Life occurs and things happen and, yeah, you can't, it isn't all written down in the plan. You aren't all going to be prime minister and you're not going to be, you know, the wealthiest person in the village. So it, who knows what twist and turn comes your way let alone health. So let's get down to the fact. At this moment, lots of companies have got members of the Corn Exchange Benevolent Society. Years ago, their parent companies would have written down a list of names of people who worked for them, and they would have paid a small fee to join. That's, yes, that's the way it correct. works, isn't it? And it's, it's £50 per person. Yes. And for that £50, it's a lifetime membership. So they retire, off they go, you know, and they last another 40 years. So they're 96 years old, and they've come into hard times at that point. That £50 spent all those years ago, or whatever the, the membership was then, enables them to have a phone call or a contact point that says, help, I'm in trouble, could you help with a bill, could you... Yeah, it's an insurance policy in many ways. Yeah, a no, very it's, cheap It's a one-off one. payment. Mm. But the joy of the... Corn Exchange Benevolent Society is, yes, we look after our members, but occasionally people haven't heard of us, and therefore they get into trouble. And he may be a trader, he may have been a lorry driver, he may have been any job within the industry, yeah. feed or flour. That's the important bit, isn't it? The yeah. guy in the granary, the guy driving the lorry, the guy driving the van, anyone in the yeah. industry, if they become signed up by their company, it's a very small fee for a phenomenal backup just in case a terrible thing occurs it's kind of to the employee free isn't it it's quite interesting when you look at the people that we help we do help a wide range of people it isn't it isn't just the traders it isn't just the lorry drivers you never know who's going to have a problem no. the big challenge we have is finding them quite often yeah. and it's word of mouth we need between people yes we want people to sign up as members but also those members act as our eyes and ears to find the people who are in need. That's one of the things, a very small business lots of years ago who signed people up who may not be in existence now. Those employees are still part of the scheme. Yes. And if there's nobody keeping in contact with them, yep. previous employees, you're right, they may be in trouble and there's no one there. As long as the individual employee is aware of it, in the back of their mind, they know that they've got this, like they can perhaps contact the parent company or whoever bought them or even just contact the benevolence site and say, I think you'll find my name's on the list. It's quite interesting that some of the people that we help were employees of the corn and feed trade business, mm. but may have gone off into other industries. Yeah, yeah. And now when they're in trouble, that £50, or what it was when their employer signed mm. them up, is the insurance policy, is the helpful bit. Whether it's paying for the electricity bill that they've got themselves into trouble and they can't pay mm. it. And no, or the we boiler, come back to the boiler this. breaks or the oil tank springs a leak, mm. and it's a cost that they haven't budgeted for. Cornish Gentlemen Society is a charity. It works. It has its rules. It has its trustees, and we're very cute at looking at how we can support people. Yeah. We're sensible. No, without a doubt. The main point of our conversation today is a rallying call. To the guys probably who are never going to call on this, the guys who are going to make the decision to put their members of staff into this are probably the ones who are never going to call on it. Let's be realistic about that. Yep. But as a benefit to people way down the food chain, for want of a better phrase, it's a phenomenal benefit. It's unbelievably one-off payment, and it gives a massive amount of security just in case. And I think I would like 
the podcast, because I was listened to by a fair number within the grain trade. So even if your chief exec doesn't listen to this, which I'm sure he does, really, let's assume he doesn't, whoever you are listening to this podcast, I want you to say, is everyone in this company signed up to the, the CEBS, the Corn Exchange Benevolent Society? And if you're not, contact me or even look up the website or look at, you know, probably within your company, there's a whole lot of people who are already signed up, that whether they know it or not, from the past. And let's get the whole sheet up. You know, Doing Grain just did this, and there's a whole load of new members coming. Because we did a list about, I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago, and staff changes, or we employ more people. We had a big list of people coming on board. So what we need, and it's not about having funds, is it? There's enough funds mm in the business we've been discussing the funds today and where to keep it safe and so on but it's about getting the chief execs to give everybody in their entire business that safety net well it's a benefit you can give as an employer to employees as a i'll use the word again in insurance it's some it's a one-off payment 50 pounds no is a small way Smaller than the Christmas gift you gave. Yeah, and it's a benefit that you can put on employing people. We all know it's difficult to employ people sometimes, these, or to find the right people. Absolutely. And you run off the benefits that you're going to get working for the company, and one of them can be membership of SEBS. Yeah, which you might say one person's there for six minutes and they get signed up and bugger off and they don't deserve it, but that once they're in there, they're in there. Yeah. And there's no, someone gets in trouble financially somewhere down the line, the trustee's job is to scoop those guys up yeah. and say, right, it's okay, we'll look after you, we'll help you, we will mentor you, we will guide you through these various troubles. We're not going to pick up every single thing and let someone be irresponsible, but we're going to pick up where someone's in a muddle, aren't we? That's the way round. It is a benefit to an employee by being a member of, of the Corn Exchange Benevolent Society. It's a small cost for a business mm. to sign somebody at once. Yep. And as you said, it's you no know, Christmas bonus. You think about that, you no, know, it's a simple way of doing it. Absolutely. Um, but as far as we're concerned, we're looking at those people not only being signed up so that they can gain from it, but they can be the eyes and ears of the trustees for future people who are looking to be helped. Yeah, and it's making sure that those individuals know about it when you sign them up. Because if they leave and if they're no longer part of you and the eyes and ears of major corporations or big businesses don't keep an eye on all their ex-employees, the individual in the back of their head will know that what somebody once said to them, if you're ever in trouble, mate, you can use this and it might just dig you out. It might just be the lifeline you need. So the individuals need to know, you know, that's the most important point. I hope you chief execs get this message from some of your staff. I hope that you understand that it's, you know, in most of the industry is involved in this process linked to this society. Let's update your lists. Let's get a whole load of new people into this to give them that safety net. You can either, as I say, come to Richard or you can come to me or you can go directly to the website to get some more details, which is www.cornexchange-charity.com. But as I say, we're interested in getting people to sign up. What happens is we send you a form out. You fill in the form with a list of names that you've got. Anthony Carroll, who is our kind of secretary, stroke mm. caretaker, stroke make sure we're still efficient every week, is the person who administers it. And he will be in contact and put the two things together. And all of a sudden, you're part of the lovely little gang that we look after. Spot on. And obviously, you're lining yourself up to be 
a future chairman. El Presidente. Now, I, yeah, anyone who knows me well will say my organisational skills are zilch. If some of the Anthony Carroll's covering every angle, then I'm fine. But you did have to ask some intelligent questions of the people who invest the money that we got in the bank. Yeah. And I think my intelligent questions li- were limited to why don't we put it all in wheat futures, which most of you held your hands and went, idiot. <laughs> so I think that might keep me away from the chairman's or president's role. For oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Thank you so much for coming on and explaining it. And I hope out there, you lot, get your conscience and sort it out and get your employees registered, pay that money, and they will be have a security that they didn't even know existed that is worth a massive amount if ever they get in trouble. Richard, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Well done. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Alternatively, you can call us on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. 